SB. Depend on it. Rejoin Sean Hannity now live. He's talking to Jamie Dupree in Washington. To protect her. Uh, then she's got this controversy emerging with the New York Times that she gave $100,000 to the New York Times charity the year that they gave her the nod over Barack Obama. I mean, well, maybe the middle isn't needed this time around. I mean, Barack Obama didn't exactly embrace the middle when he ran in 2008 or 2012. But do you see the energy that, that he was able No, no, to of course, no. There's no way that I see the energy. She has a very good organization. I mean, you can see that already. But organization does not always translate into excitement and energy. And certainly that will be one of the things. Look, in, in a sense, she is running for the election of the third term of Barack Obama. And that in itself usually depresses. I mean, how many times have we seen a third term, in a sense, where one party wins again? You know, the only time we can really remember it is when the first George Bush uh, succeeded Ronald Reagan. I mean, you go back and think about it. Uh, uh, Bill Clinton served two terms. Al Gore lost uh, to George uh, W. Bush. You know, it, it doesn't happen that often where after two terms, the same party keeps control of the White House. So she is running a bit against that as well. Uh, I think it's going to be very hard, and I think, you know, maybe this is an overload of controversies for her, but, you know, if you compare and contrast, the New York Times has been criticized for going after Marco Rubio, and, and Marco Rubio and his wife got speeding tickets, and, and they got tickets. I mean, it's absurd. It almost reminds me of, of the media obsessing over the fact that uh, Mitt Romney gave a haircut to a kid as part of a hazing incident when he was in high school, for crying out loud. Or, or carrying around women's resumes, binders of women's resumes, as if that was somehow a bad thing. So there's a, a big double standard here, but maybe it becomes a, an issue of, oh, Clinton controversy, corruption, pay-to-play, bribery, overload. I don't know. The only thing I would again say about her is we've certainly seen her in the midst of these controversies many, many times over the years. And she always seems to move forward from them. Maybe this time is different. Yeah, maybe you're right. Maybe this time is different. Um, a couple of other things. Now, it, as the King versus Burwell decision on Obamacare is anticipated, yep, and we're going to get it in the next couple of weeks. Next I, few weeks, yeah. And you were right. I think it's probably going to come at the end of the dis the session. That we'll see. And the gay rights ruling, but we don't know. But a lot has come out about this. Number one, the Washington Post ABC News poll out today shows that fifty four percent of Americans oppose Obamacare, the highest disapproval rating ever in the Washington Post ABC poll. Only 39% uh, support it, which ties a record low from April 2012. But yet the Hill is portraying this, that the GOP is fearful that they will actually win King versus Burwell and then have to deal with the aftermath of that. And the president has now gone on offense saying, well, it's only a one-sentence fix. They can fix it with one sentence. But yeah, he gave uh, the, it was a second straight day where he strongly defended the health law. To, yesterday was in a news conference at the end of the G7 in Germany. Today he was back here in D.C. and gave a speech to a very friendly audience about the health law. He slammed Republicans for what he called cynical attempts to roll back the law. Uh, looking at my notes here from the speech, because I was listening to you rattle off some of those poll figures, the president said, trying to read my scrawl here, Americans support the health law. If you get outside of D.C., you'll find more people support it. This is not true. This is not well, a D.C. poll. Uh, this, well, I'm just <laughs> telling you what he said, okay? He, um, and uh, saying it's not perfect, but we're not going to go backwards. I will not support anything that rolls it back. So the president was very straightforward about that right, again. But he's not going to have any options. If King versus Burwell on the subsidy issue comes up, he's not going to have a whole lot of options, except that it, there, was, there was a little nugget in the Hill article 
that shows that some Republicans may want to continue the subsidies anyway because they're afraid of the uh, the potential backlash for 2016. And if they do that, they're going to lose every conservative that ever supported them. Well, uh, you know, what we've talked about this uh, for the last couple of years, that the Republicans obviously want to get rid of the Obama health law. But what do they replace it with? And there's never been there's always been ideas. Let's let's not uh, shortchange the GOP. There's always been ideas out there. And we've had a few more laid out in the last couple of days as well. But there's never sort of been one GOP alternative. And I think even if you put up a number of plans that have emerged, whether it's one from uh, Tom Price, the Republican from Georgia, who chairs the House Budget Committee, or uh, Congressman Bill Ca- or Senator Bill Cassidy just unveiled one today, a bunch of Republicans in the House uh, study uh, Republican study group issued one last week. So there's a number of GOP ideas out there, but they're not all behind just one. Now, the issue of what you were talking about, if the ruling in the Supreme Court goes against the subsidies and says, no, people cannot get subsidies through healthcare.gov. There are some floating the idea that the states could contract with the federal government and simply say, hey, you know what? We'll pay you to run our exchange, in a sense, making healthcare.gov into, you know, a a federal exchange that serves the states. There are some who are positing that you could do something like that. I don't know if that's really a legitimate idea or not. But uh, there are some people who are talking about quick fixes out there. But let's first wait and see what the uh, what the ruling is. You're right, though. I do think there are some Republicans who worry that they're going to be uh, sort of in the targets of the well, White at House. The, at the bottom of this hour, I'm going to have Phil Rowe and, and Representative Austin Scott on. They're part of that Republican study committee. Yeah, but, Austin Scott was yeah. one who rolled that plan out the but other day. But yes. they have 170 House conservatives that are they, they say that are on board that plan. I I'd like to see that vote taken. So you don't, you think they're inflating the numbers? No, I'm not saying they're inflating the numbers. They've got 170 members of the Republican study group. I'm not sure no. all of them would be on board with that plan. See, that's the thing. There's a lot of people who have plans, but 170 is not a majority. No, it's not a majority, and I'm not sure the majority. I, I, again, I have real questions about the leadership and what they whether they have the backbone. They've had multiple opportunities to use their constitutional authority, and as you and I have discussed. Symbolic votes are nice, but when it comes down to taking that real stand, they have punted every time they had that chance. It's not that the leadership, the GOP leadership, doesn't have the backbone on the health law. I just think that the Republicans have just not come together on anything. Yes, everybody agrees. Let's, you know, they they would agree if you put something on the floor that said, let's get rid of the Obama health law, they would agree on that. But they've never really had themselves pushed to the edge to say, okay, what would you vote on? And I think that's sort of the the unknown still in both the House and Senate. Well, what happened today? We had uh, to a committee. We had two instances where people were were taken put in in secure areas because of threats that were phoned in. Why don't you tell us what happened? Yeah, um, you know, it's funny because when I started in news, Sean, a long time ago, we didn't report bomb threats because we always said it would encourage people to do it. But it was sort of hard to ignore it today when you had a hearing that was live on C-SPAN. Yeah. They got a phoned in bomb threat in the Senate uh, a Senate hearing. And so they ran everybody outside of that room. Turned out nothing was there. And then the White House press briefing was going on live just before two o'clock. And somebody phoned in a, a, a bomb threat there. They cleared the press room. If you've ever been to the White House, first off, the press briefing room is not a very large room at all. 
And uh, ta- they, by the way, you're talking about the White House press room, even though they remodeled. I've not been there since it's been remodeled. Well, it's not. It's just it's not big. I mean, it's, yeah, a, it's very a very small, small room. room. It looks bigger on TV. It does a lot bigger than it than it really yeah. is. And so they evacuated that room and sent the reporters o- over to the outside. Were you in there and, at the time? Or? No, I was not. I was watching it from here at the Capitol. And they sent everybody over to the old executive office building, which is next door. But they didn't evacuate any of the other adjoining offices. I mean, for example, Josh Ernest walked out the back door of the briefing room and went to his office, which is basically one wall away. They did not move the president, who is just a few feet away in the Oval Office. So there were bomb threats that disrupted that Senate hearing and the press briefing today at the White House turned out to be an all clear. I do have to say this. I have noted from, you know, we get regular press releases and statements from the Capitol Police and more. There just seems to be a rash of incidents like this lately. And I don't know if it's reflective of something else that's going on, if there's a lot more chatter out there or what. But we just seem to have had a lot more of these suspicious packages and and, yeah, and bomb threats and things of that nature. Uh, very volatile times we live in. Um, yes. Let me ask you about yesterday we talked at length about the, the president making the statement that they don't have a, a strategy uh, complete yet on ISIS, which is the yeah, that same landed state. in the laps of Republicans. A very welcome thing today. You you saw the White House and the State Department backpedaling on that, trying to say, well, what the president was referring to was they haven't worked out a plan with the Iraqis on how to train and equip the security forces. But you know, look, that the line didn't really come out of the president's mouth that way, and Republicans have moved to take advantage of that right away, as as in the playbook. That's exactly what you would do. Yeah. And I think we'll hear a lot more about that from the GOP because I think. Deep down, a lot of Republicans and a lot of critics of the president on his policy dealing with the Islamic State believe he hasn't done as much as he should have. The Washington Post has a story that they have a picture of the president meeting with a European leader yesterday, and it looks like he's holding a pack of cigarettes and looking to take a cigarette out of the pack. Did you see that? <laughs> I did. Uh, I don't know. Maybe he was having a, another cigarette. Uh, did you see the photo of of him sitting on the bench listening to Angela Merkel, the German chancellor with yeah. the mountains behind her. And she and her hands spread wide open. Yeah, my kids were doing sort of a Sound of Music kind of caption uh, contest was, on that this morning. Yeah, people were making table. a big deal over the fact that he had an 11 a.m. beer, and I'm like, well, I've golfed and had an 11 a.m. beer. I don't know about you. Uh, maybe you're still on Eastern Time. You never know. I, I, just, I think it's silly. I mean, that's just the type of thing. As a matter of fact, I prefer he spend all, his entire day drinking beer and leave us alone. He's going to drink as much beer, smoke as many Marlboros as he wants. It's fine all with right. me. We'll put you down as uh, on that, absolutely. Uh, I was very decided on that. Yes. Okay. Less, less intrusion into our lives. Stay on the golf course, smoke, drink, hang out with your buddies, and just don't legislate. Uh, Jamie Dupree, thank you, sir. <laughs> See you, Sean. All right, when we come back, we'll find out what that... Uh, that uh, Republican Study Committee alternative to Obamacare is. Later on, Ann Coulter joins us. Uh, Hannity tonight. we got a great TV show tonight. Uh, Lindsey Graham said I'm polarizing. He's going to come on and explain that tonight. I'm sure that'll be a fun and interesting discussion. We also have the chaos in Texas. The woman that actually shot the video is going to be with us. Uh, also, the, the girl that threw the pool party, her lawyer will join us. David Webb is on board. you got a protester. Get this. we got a guy that was in Ferguson, Baltimore, and McKinney. Professional protester. And uh, we also have what happens when cops aren't around, a shocking video, two women fighting in a Walmart in Indiana. Unbelievable. And we'll get back into this Obama ISIS strategy, too, 10 Eastern on Fox. Hey, listen, are you uh, maybe debating between taking a summer vacation or taking care of your tax problem? A lot of people have tax problems because times are tight 
If you're one of them and you have a tax problem, know this, not dealing with it means it's only going to get worse. That means you need to call the pioneers of this industry, and that's Tax Defense Partners, before the IRS seizes your bank account or garnishes your rate wages, which, by the way, they can do. Tax Defense Partners has a special offer right now. If you hire them to resolve all your tax issues, they will do one year of your personal tax return for free. Now, your tax problem is not just going to go away on its own. Remember, every day you're incurring penalties and interests. So call the Quick Reaction team at Tax Defense Partners. Settle that tax issue now, 800-467-7777. You'll talk to a team of CPAs, tax attorneys, enrolled agents, paraprofessionals. They all have IRS negotiation skills and experience. The only firm I recommend, Tax Defense Partners. Call now, 800-467-7777. We'll continue. John Hannity. News 95.5 and AM 750 WSB. Without the ones like you who work tirelessly to keep things running, everything would suddenly stop. Hospitals, factories, schools, and power plants, they all depend on you. No matter the weather, emergency, or time of day, you're the ones who get it done. At Granger, we're here for you with professional-grade industrial supplies. Count on real-time product availability and fast delivery. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done.